York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Nick's talk just in a nick of time. And if you're watching right now, you're seeing Ryan G in HD. Gunshots of Ryan G and his new camera and new lights. And we also got that gunshots for the Knicks because the Knicks beat the Orlando Magic by 30 points, 118 to 88. And we had a bunch of career high career games tonight and I'm gonna start off with my guy Emmanuel quickly Emmanuel quickly gives you 20 points 10 rebounds 10 assists only one turnover and it's a great day for Emmanuel quickly who gives you his first career triple double gunshots for Emmanuel quickly OB Toppin gives you 40% from three 20 points and eight rebounds and he gets OB chance in Florida gunshot for Obi Toppin. RJ Barrett recovers from a slumping night the night before and gives you 27 points. And most importantly to me, six assists. And the Knicks roll on and beat the Orlando Magic 118-88. And we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad. Time to be those rotations. And the ugly, but one more time, gunshots. Ryan G's camera. Let's go. Clap it up for Ryan G's camera, everybody, because this is amazing. You can see the lineup is fresh. You can see the, the points and the mustache. You can see everything. Thank Shout out to Ryan G's camera. And thank you for the super chats who helped pay for Ryan G's camera and lights. All right, cool. <laughs> yes, sir. Now the, the people can see where their money's going towards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Oh, man. Uh, so uh, it's a lot to talk about the game. Before we bring, even break down the game, First, you already know what it is, man. You got to hit the like button, subscribe button, and uh, comment below after the game is over. It goes, it's going to help, the, you know, the, the YouTube algorithms. Algorithm is going to help push KOT to the top of the YouTube street. So thank you guys for your support. All right? <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I'm going to just start off by saying, let's, let's talk about Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly. Um didn't really shoot well per se, but we keep having this argument about he's a point guard or not. You can't deny point guard or not. He affects the game. And for a guy who isn't the point guard, boy, oh, boy, does he sure find his teammates. Gave you 10 assists on the night. Um, he gives you, to me, um, I was going between him and R.J. Barrett as the best lot passer on the team. Um, I'm going with IQ. Our best lot passer on the team. Maybe Derrick Rose might have something to say about that if he comes back. But to me, RJ, he's the best lot passer on the team. Might be the best uh, fast break go-ahead passer on the team. And to me, he his gravity when he runs off of screens, when he's driving to the hole, he, he creates the most space out of anybody on this Knicks to create open shots for everybody, which is why he's so... Uh, He's so important to our team in creating offense. And I know these guys, I know you're seeing this game today. I know you guys are, are saying, is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? I, I need to ask you something, Ryan. At, at this point, mm -hmm. at the end of the season, 
you're looking at how her, her money is allocated. You got to resign Mitchell Robinson, maybe. Um, people have been talking about Jalen Brunson. If you're taking one of your, if you're looking at quickly, are you in the off season going after another point guard, or are you feel like you should stay pat and look to upgrade somewhere else? It's it's tough because when you look at the Knicks roster as a whole, it does seem like there's two possible holes. Like the Knicks need either a stretch big, or the Knicks need a point guard, but this is the, but this is tough because you look at the Knicks roster. It's like okay, IQ right now is showing that he's capable of playing a play. He's capable of playing a point guard role. But you have to also remember Rose is injured. Yeah. So you're gonna have Rose come back next season as well, and Rose can definitely you know hold his own at the point guard position. So right there, that's two point guards. Then you have McBride, who's gonna be a third guard. So I think IQ's emergence. And him showing that he's capable of playing the point guard role, I think it puts less importance on the Knicks to get a point guard. Like, okay, so if the Knicks had a chance to go for a point guard, whether it be through free agency or through the draft, then it's an upgrade. I wouldn't be opposed to getting a point guard, but do I see it as, like, a huge need at the moment? No, because we still have Derrick Rose here. Derrick Rose can definitely, you know, take up some of those minutes at point guard and have IQ play, you know, that role off the bench because he's definitely great at that role. I would like to see IQ as a starter, though, just to, just to see if there's something there, you know, just to experiment a bit to see if he can play that starting role. But I definitely like IQ off the bench as that guy, that, that six-man can come into the game and definitely impact the game off the bench. But, yeah, I think at the moment it's not a huge need with the way IQ is playing a point guard position at the moment. Yeah, and I see Kareem Grant says IQ is a combo guard, and you can still say IQ is a combo guard, seriously, because it's crazy, because you'll watch games like this, and IQ has 10 assists today, and you look at the whole game and go, you know what, there are still some opportunities in this game where IQ could, you know, maybe pass the ball a couple of more times, you know what I mean, you could have, like, passed, passed, uh, passed up a shot, a few times, like there was a, there was a point in the game where um, uh, I think he was in the corner and the clock was running down and I, and I felt like two people was kind of collapsing on him in the corner and he shot like a almost fade away his three and RJ was kind of open at the elbow. I feel like there was opportunity there for him to pass the ball to RJ at the elbow. So like he's not the perfect guy, but he's still a guy who can pass the ball enough to disrupt the defense and there's enough of scoring threat to kind of you know. Carrying offense because let's, let's face it, um the the bench unit was in trouble when Derrick Rose went down, and you know Derrick Rose going down might be one of those long term blessings in disguise because it forced IQ to have to figure it out, and it took a while, but our IQ figured it out. IQ figured it out how to kind of stabilize the bench, so in the long term it might have helped us. So um. When I'm looking at the long-term outcome, and I'm thinking about, you know, re-signing Mitch, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish, um, maybe have to be signed. Because shout out to Ian Beckley, because I saw some a video about and Ian Beckley saying that you know, teams are thinking about paying Cam Reddish about 18 mil. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's that was a going rate for him. Um, so. 
When you think about that, when you think about Mitch, when you think about the fact that RJ is going to need money, right? Then you start to think, well, damn. Maybe, maybe we should just try to develop the point guards we have here. See what happens. See, clear the pathway for McBride and other guys, and take a look at this IQ direction at point guard. But um, this is kind of the frustration with Tom Thibodeau because for us to get more of a definitive answer, like Ryan G said, we have to see him as in, in starter in a starter role. But um, he got started. He got starters minutes today, thirty-three minutes tonight. You know, he didn't get the starter role per se, but he got the starters minutes. So, um, I might cons- I might consider holding Pat at the point guard position for me. I-, I I'm I think I'm with you on that, especially when I consider the money that has to come out later. And um, you know, we still have Evan Fournier here. Uh, we still have New Orleans Noel here who are expirings. So maybe we'll be able to move some of those pieces to clear some cap to, to make some moves um, to help us pay for some things down the line. That, that can also be an answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because like you said, the whole money thing, you know, you have to take that into consideration. Like, will there be any money left over for the Knicks to actually go after a point guard? Or if the Knicks actually sign that point guard, will the Knicks be able to actually re-sign Mitch and re-sign RJ and those guys as well? So you have to take that into consideration also. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad you I'm glad you touched on that as well because I forgot to mention that point. I just looked at it as a I just looked at it from a roster perspective and looking at IQ's emergence as a point guard. But yeah, when you put when you add the money as well, it makes sense. It makes more sense for Knicks to stay pat at point guard unless the Knicks, you know, end up with a good draft position and they decide to go after a point guard, you know, where they draft another young guard, but it's like, you know, there's a log jam there as well. Yeah. So you know, there's you know, there's um definitely a lot of questions the Knicks, you know, front office is gonna have to answer, you know, once the off season is here. Right. So like I I'm with you, man. And what else is too, like if, if you're looking at this team, we gotta put we gotta put these guys in positions to win, man. We gotta put these guys in positions to win. And today yesterday's game, I was pissed a little bit because OB Toppin is starting for Julius Randle because Julius Randle is out. I, of course, am exuberant about that, <laughs> right? But yesterday, we did not get to see OB Top and Eddie Emmanuel quickly play together until, like, the wee hours of the third quarter. And to me, and I said it yesterday, that was a crime against humanity for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, to, to separate these two, the peanut butter and jelly, like, you can't do that. You definitely can't do that. And shout out to Swin. And he also was like, we need to see RJ and IQ together. And I, I've actually said I want to see them together more a few a couple of weeks ago as well. Today we got to see RJ, IQ, and OB together. Um, Thibs did a great job of actually uh, stagnating, um, staggering, sorry, staggering, staggering the minutes. And when we saw those three together, that's when we start to see a push. So... Um, so no matter what we do, I like I. It's to me, it's apparent we gotta keep we, IQ and Obi. You, you can't separate those guys, man. It's like Batman and Robin. You can't. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. But well, speaking of Obi Toppin, man. Speaking of Obi Toppin. Toppin, getting Obi chance in Florida. <laughs> Matches his career high, twenty points. 
gives you 20 points. Oh, this is the wrong stats. I'm sorry, Obi. I'm sorry. This is yesterday's stats. Gives you 20 points, eight rebounds on the night for Obi Toppin. What does he see from Obi's game tonight, man? And what do you think this game? Do you feel like this game has any bearings on Obi in the future? Well. Well, let me start off by talking about Obi's game tonight. Um, I think he definitely played well tonight, clearly. Um, his shooting numbers, you know, he didn't shoot his usual efficient game tonight. You know, he did miss a couple easy baskets, easy, you know, buckets he could have got. He missed a few easy shots. But, you know, besides that, Obi definitely provided energy like he normally does. You know, gets out on the fast break. You know, IQ find him a few times, and, you know, he's able to, you know, go in for dunks and stuff like that. He shows energy on defense, which is what I like. And... You know, overall, OB is definitely um, stepping up in those starting minutes. Now, what impact it's going to have in the future, that's going to, you know, that's yet to be decided because, you know, there's still Julius Randle on the roster. We still have to see what the Knicks are going to do with Julius Randle once the offseason comes because, you know, if you, if you have to be honest about it, at the moment, Julius, Julius Randle's um, value may not be as high at the moment. So the Knicks front office is going to have to think, okay, is it worth it to trade Julius Randle and us getting less back in return? Or do we keep him and see if, you know, he can try to, if he can, you know, rebuild his relationship with the fans and, you know, re and, and try to, you know, rebuild his value going into next season and maybe at the trade deadline, you trade him then. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't think it has any effect on Obi's future. It's going to depend on whether Julius Randle stays with the team or not once the next season comes. I, I, I feel like bare minimum, Obi has to play 20 minutes a game next season, and that's bare minimum. It's funny. I got to his, his argument on, on Twitter because this guy was, was trying to claim that um, Obi's, you know, plus um, when Obi gets 30 minutes a night, sure, he has good rebounds, numbers. Sure, he gives you, like, around 18 points a game, but he's he's a bad three-point shooter once he hits 30-plus minutes, and, I, and and he's basing that off, like, three, th like three games. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like – you can't make judgments on a player based off of three games. Um, and the same goes to Tom Thibodeau, which is why Tom Thibodeau pisses me off. Because Tom Thibodeau does the same thing where he goes, Alec Burks is the best starting guard we have. And he has uh, 67 games to go by and only starts IQ three times. And says, I looked at the data when he clearly hasn't looked at the data. Because <laughs> even with the small sample size of IQ... His his plus or minus his, his percentages have been better than Burks, but I digress. It's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> Obi Toppin shot forty percent from the three tonight. Um, Obi Toppin had the high plus or minus of the game tonight, plus forty six. At it's to me he he he's kind of it kind of proves to me that he just needs more minutes to grow and needs more minutes to figure it out. Um, I think the jump shot is going to get there. I feel like the mid-range game is coming. I, I feel like um, if given more reps, that you'll see more passing. And he might not be at, – at, I want to experiment with him, man, because as of now, you, you, saw, you see glimpses of – not today. You see glimpses of an OB, point, uh, OB post game where he can post up smaller players, and that kind of gives me hope. That his that you know once he starts to get more strength in his legs and his body he can post up bigger players, and the fact that he has a, an, an eye for passing makes me feel like maybe there's a pathway for him being a number one option. Although right now he's just specifically a kind of a run the floor easy baskets player. 
it, that's fine to me. It's fine. To, it's fine to me where he is because we 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 still have guys who can give you paint touches on this team, at, and can control double teams on this team where we can utilize Ob strength still and still not miss a beat. Now it might be shaky if we move on for Randall. It might be shaky at spots, but I I still feel like we can start to figure out how to live life without Randall um, in the future. But it's going to take. It's going to take uh, more paint touches. It's going to take more passing from guys like R.J. Barrett. Shout out to R.J. Barrett. Good, good six assists today. And it's going to take a, a greater team effort, but I feel like a pathway is there. And also, shout out to Ian Begley because I was watching a, sh- watching a segment on Ian Begley. And he was talking about um, Julius Randle's trade value. And he made an interesting point. He, he said that the CBA is going up. And he feels like because the CBA might uh, renegotiate, you know, the the salary cap, it might go up. Julius Randle's contract isn't as bad as we might think it is. And also, he also feels like there was a, a number of teams who were interested in Julius Randle. So his value might not be as bad as we think it is. Um Still might it might is lower than last year's, but it's, we still might be able to move something and get something back of value. Is that a superstar player? I don't know, but um, that was an encouraging report from Ian Begley. He, and you know, Ian Begley, you know, he tells you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mister Reliable. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything any, anything to add to that, Ryan. Well, that does give me hope that. The Knicks will be able to move him in the offseason, but now the thing with moving Julius Randle because the purpose of moving Julius Randle would be to open more minutes for OB and Reddish and the young guys. Right. But the thing is, if you move Julius Randle, you can't just get nothing back from him. Right. So it's have to be a move that makes sense for the Knicks from a rival standpoint. Like, who are you going to bring back to Julius Randle that's going to, that's going to help the Knicks, but at the same time, Obi's able to get his minutes. Cam is still able to get his minutes. So I think that's going to be tough for the front office to figure out because you just don't want to trade Julius Randle just for anything. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you get pieces back that's going to actually help the team and not mess up, you know, the young guys' minutes on the team who you're trying to develop. So what you know what what that answer may be, I'm not sure, but you know, you'll say you know the front office definitely has that you know to think about as well. Yeah, I, I feel like if we. The fact that we have a bunch of aspiring contracts, I think, could help in that situation. If you have Julius Randle, right, who's a big piece, um, you, you add some expirings. We have Alec Burks is an expiring. We have Donas Noel is an expiring. Um, I think if we could package that, because you know teams love expiring contracts, then maybe it can make sense. Where because the, the thing is, we need two for one moves at this point. Yeah, pretty much. We yeah. need two for one, three for one moves at this point. So if we do something like that where it's a two-for-one move, then it might be worth it. I don't know what deal is out there, but that's uh, that's the capologist's job to do and Leon Rose's job to figure it out. But I do feel like there's a pathway to get to, all right? Um, yeah. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. There's still some topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about R.J. Barrett game. Um, I want to talk about the lack of McBride and, and, and Grimes. I want to talk about the... Mo Bamba versus Mitchell Robinson thing that kind of happened low key today, because uh, Mitchell Robinson took uh, Mo Bamba's cookies. 
Yeah, I was about to say that. I was like, I was like, if anybody was thinking about bringing Mo Bamba here for Mitch Robinson at the end of the season, I'm like, this game just shows you right here. Mitch Robinson is mountains ahead of Mo Bamba right now. I would rather re-sign Mitch than bring him, than bring him Mo Bamba, but that's just me, though. Uh, my my stance has always been if Mitch's leave, if Mitch leaves, I want Mo Bamba. If I'm not taking Mitch, I'm not taking Mo Bamba over Mitch. I'm talking. I'm taking Mo Bamba if Mitch. That's been my experience. My, my, that's my stance. And you saw, you know, Mo Bamba got off once Mitch got off the floor. You saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. He got he got a little something. But when Mitch was on the floor, it was nothing. It was nothing. Nah, it was clamps. It was clamps. It was done. It was it was nothing there. Exactly. And shout out to the other guys too. I know some some people might have been worried about the the Brass Dingus revenge game. Calm down, guys. The Brass Dingus revenge game didn't happen. Even though he hit a mean step back, that's all that happened. The Knicks won by 30 points. All right. <laughs> all right, cool. Now, let's go. We got four callers up. Let's get to the first caller. Um, I, uh, I see Fritz says RJ from Jersey is up. All right, let's go, RJ from Jersey. Let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, guys. How we doing tonight, man? You're going good, RJ. Hey, man, what's good, man? Good, man. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I kind of just want to re- briefly uh, go over IQ and uh, Obi again. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about quickly and his point guard play. I also what gets under uh, what gets overlooked with his playmaking is how efficient it comes as a passer. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't turn it over a lot, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tonight he only had one turnover. I was kind of going over the stats. The last 18 games, he's averaging four and a half assists to 1.0 turnovers. He doesn't turn it over a lot, and I think that's very important to have at that position. I agree. Um, yeah, and uh, Obi, he looks really good, guys. And I don't know if I'm crazy to say, but is it that far to say he can eventually, pretty soon, maybe become like a 15 and eight type of guy if he gets those no, minutes? That's not. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, that's, right. That's not I, unbelievable I like what I'm at all. No, he was a guys. He was a plus forty six tonight in a game where we won by thirty. He was a plus forty six. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, we talk about his athleticism and dunking and all that stuff, but he's a really good passer. Um, it's not even only the passing too, but when he gets the ball on the half court, he's just very quick to make a decision. Yeah. He's going to swing it or he's going to attack the hoop, and I think that that's really where he differentiates from somebody like Randall who's going to take it in the pinch post and he'll take about, you know, a good five plus seconds to make a decision, you know, and I think that's a big difference. And it is a small sample size. We are at the end of the year. I know the magic are terrible. They're not really playing for much, but I do. I, I like the way that we do run. Um, I like the way we play without Julius in there. And um, so that's all I have. I just want to, you know, maybe a little optimism because I know it's, listen, it's not a great season, but there is hope. Um, I was reading somewhere. I thought it was an excellent point. I was reading an article. Like, gosh, I forget what it, uh, what article it was, but it was a good point. It was like we aren't in heaven, we aren't in hell, but we're in purgatory. We just, yeah. <laughs> just gotta figure out where we want to go. And I yeah. thought that was a really good point. So there, there's some hope. But uh, you guys have a wonderful rest of the night, and I'll call you back on uh, next game. Absolutely, man. Shout out to my guy RJ. Good points. Good points. Got in. Got out. Um. Yeah, man, with with Obi, fifteen and eight is super reasonable. I don't think that's even a stretch. I think that's I feel like fifteen and eight shooting maybe like fifty something percent from the field. 
maybe 35, maybe like 37%, 35% from three. I can see that for him easily next season if given the minutes and given yeah. the time. Like, I don't even think that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I think those are pretty reasonable numbers for him to read, as long as he gets the minutes, like you said. Yeah, and, and like you said, even with the passing, that's what I'm saying. The way the way he reads the game so quickly to me is so uh, is why I feel like if he ever was able, if he was ever to get a post game for real, for real, and was able to post up small um, other bigs and not just small players, I think it would be a wrap because. I think he has, unlike Randall, I feel like he has the ability to kind of read the double teams way and take in the game information way faster, you know. So I, I think if he, ever, if he was able to get a post game for real, um, he could be something. But that's a big if to me. That's a, that's that's one of those things where it's a stretch and that's development and that's coaching and that's trust and that's like we're deliberately going to try to implement this into his game later on in the season. And right now he's a guy who runs the field and, and, and runs with the flow. And also shout out to him, made another great point about Quickly's assist to turnover ratio being super low. Alright. Yeah. Uh Pixel Timmy says when Obi starts pulling gravity as a shooter, it's gonna get crazy out of here. Can you imagine the small ball unit with Quick, Grimes, RJ, Cam, and Obi? Yeah, that might man, that that lineup might be crazy. That lineup <laughs> might be crazy, a small man. Whew. The, the speed in that lineup would be nuts. Yeah. They'll be running up and down the court, and the defense, the flat around is going to be crazy. Yo, yo, please, basketball guys, let us get a look, a real look at Cam Reddish. For real. For real, for real. Uh, Next caller up. Let us know what your name is, where you're from. Oh, and what you want to talk about. Oh, we got to tell him on the floor. Hold on. Hold on. Testing. 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 Yeah. Hey. <laughs> How you doing tonight, J. Ellis? Hey, how you doing tonight? My man's with a new camera, the stats, and the stats, Ryan G. Hey, yes, how you sir. doing tonight? Nick a time show. So, boom, check this out. First things first, special shout out to my fellow Canadian, Iller, because I know he was watching tonight. Oh, Iller, I know he was. You think Ignis Brasdakis was going to cook us? Get out of here with nope. that. He wasn't going to cook nothing. <laughs> There's a reason why we ain't had no roster spot for him. You think Coach Tiz gonna get him burned? Coach Tiz nope. don't even got room for Cameron Reddish. When it comes to Mr. Reddish, the rotations are locked in. That's it. <laughs> you think Izzy's gonna get burned? Heck no. That's number one. Number two, shout out to my Brooklyn goon, OBZ, my Neezy, OB Toppin. Exactly. He's clearly the future power forward of this team. That's number two. Number three, after the game. The interview, Rebecca Harlow, bringing both IQ and Obi. Mm-hmm. Look at the unity. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all not even seeing the cores being developed right in front of our faces. The coach is a clown. He made a mistake all season long. <laughs> IQ, Obi, Cameron Reddish, and RJ Barrett are the future. Thanks. I just want to make it clear. Because last year, y'all dumb people wanted to trade RJ for Bradley Beal. That was stupid. Gotcha. And then y'all tried to tell me, Emmanuel quickly is not a point guard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Second youngest Nick ever with a triple double. I don't care if he's a point, two, a three, or four. He's the best guard option we got. Facts. Especially with D Rose injured. Open your eyes. Stop hating on your own talent. Boost up your talent. Develop them. And be patient with the development process. You supposed to develop overnight? No. 
It's a season-long thing. I need multiple sample sizes, multiple 10-game sample sizes to know, does the deuce need to get loose? Is Optimus Grimes quality? I need to know these things. So stop rushing with your judgment. Because we got young goons, and they ready to dominate next year. Like I said, IQ, Cameron Reddish, Obi Toppin, and R.J. Barrett. And, and, and last but not least, Wednesday, smoking on that Brooklyn Nets pack, baby. Let's do it. K-N-I-C-K-S, Knicks. Oh, yo, tell him brings the heat today. <laughs> Full with impressions and all. We have and we have we have a quickly hater impression too to add on top of the Tibbs impression. He's man, the repertoire, man. He's yes, that's a versatile. This, this, that's what you call versatility, man. If, if like tell them is the triple double <laughs> of Knicks callers, all right? <laughs> he's gonna hit you with all statistical categories. He's gonna hit you with the stats. He's gonna give you an impression. He's gonna give you the outlook. He's gonna criticize the coach. He's gonna give you it all, man. And then he's gonna hang up and get back to his day. All right, shout out to my guy. Tell him. <laughs> Best call so far tonight. Best call. <laughs> Best call so far. All right, yo, shout out to you, man. I don't even know what. To, do you want to even add on that? I, I, I was laughing so much. I nah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you said it all right there. You know, the the young core is definitely here. You know, and you just hope that they see it and it plays like young core. That's all. That's all you got hope for at this moment. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You need more than sample size. We definitely need more than sample size. And exactly. Next sample size up, McBride. Let's go, McBride. We need you to get more than eight minutes today. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in a blog game where the Knicks was smacking the magic. I'm. I, I don't know why Tibbs didn't play this man more minutes, but that's another. Yeah, that's another um, topic of discussion. Yeah, and you know what? There was a point of the game that kind of pissed me off because, the you know the the Magic bench outscored our bench. But, you know, you take that with a grain of salt because Obi Toppin's in the starters right now, right? Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. But um, when the Magic were smacking the Knicks bench, I feel like that was mostly on Taz. Taz was missing open layups. Taz was mm-hmm. missing open threes. Yeah. And because of that, we were in bad position to get back on defense. Um. And it was hitting us in transition. And at that point, I think they cut the game to one or they even might have briefly took the lead. And Tips calls a timeout and takes out Grimes and takes out McBride. And I'm sitting here like, that's not on, to me, I'm like, that's, this is not on McBride and Grimes. This is not on them. This is on Taj. And, and shout out to Taj because Taj has done an amazing job all season. This is not a roast Taj session. This is more about the coach's decision to take out everybody. And now the the players who might have contributed to the debacle that happened in that second quarter, uh, but so so f- we only have a few more games left. Well, we have like three games. Um, I believe so. Either three or four games. I gotta make sure. Yeah, a few games left. We need Miles McBride to get more minutes. We need Miles McBride to get twenty plus minutes in, in his next few games. It's kind of inexcusable at this point for him not to have it. All right, all right. Next caller up. Hold on. We have um our girl Misha up here. Misha from Georgia. Okay. Uh, hey, Jay, what's, what's going on, Misha? Listen, listen. Let me just say shout out to you and Ryan. And just say, you know, just wanted to say that I love your show as always. 
Thank you. And you know, I have to I have to look at the post game reviews before I came on to you. So I'm glad to be here. You know, shout out to you both. But um, I got a lot to talk about, so I'm gonna try to make it real quick. Okay. Um, all right. All right. So, IQ, Ob, Mitch, RJ, and Reddish. Are y'all surprised? Why are y'all acting like y'all surprised? These guys are ballers. You hear me? They are ballers. They know how to play. The problem is they are rookies, and our coach do not like to play rookies. That's a fact. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of time. I am not surprised at the way these boys are balling out. I'm actually – I got goosebumps right now just to see that they on the court and they are doing their thing. These guys, you give them some time, they will really light up this garden. I'm telling you, the back office knows what we got, right? Okay. Tibbs didn't want to play them, but but our back office, they know what we got. It's just a matter of time. All I've been saying is when we first signed Randall, I've been saying, Get that bum out of here. There's no need for y'all to <laughs> there's no need for y'all to bring him here because our future look bright. Yeah, we need role players, you know, to play their little role. We don't need no veterans to come up in here talking about they running the team or they own the garden or none of that. We don't need none of that. We need spanking new young bucks running up and down this court, got our adrenaline going, got our goose pimples popping. All that good stuff. That's all I'm saying. Let these boys do their thing, and we're going to be all right. Our future look good. You know, everything is lined up. The only problem is, in about a year or two, we're going to have to pay at yep. least three or four players. Facts. Maybe five, maybe five players. We're going to have to pay these dudes to stay here in the next year, two years, and three years. That's going to be our biggest problem. That's all yeah. we need to be worrying about. You know what I'm saying? Randall could go over there to Texas and do his thing <laughs> that way. He's not a bad player. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. But he he has to learn how to adjust to what's really going on. Yeah. And not yeah. take over. That's his pro- That's why he's stressed out now because everything is against him trying to push his way and it's not working. So he's stressed out. You know what I'm saying? He's not a bum. He's not a bad player. He just got to learn how to adjust himself. That's it. Everybody else, um, Burke's on his way out. Noel on his way out. Randall, bye. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I'm just excited about our future. Pay Robinson his money. You know what I'm saying? You know, give him something, but let him stay. I want him to stay. I you know what I'm saying? It. So we got Robinson. Like I said, we got Robinson. We got Reddish. We got RJ. We got OB, we got IQ, um, we got them five right there, and then we trying to help out McBride and the other one. We trying to help them out, get them conditioned, get them ready to be out on the floor with our other five. So, you know, next season we only looking at bringing in probably about four or five new players, and that's it. We straight, yeah, we straight. We got nothing yeah. to worry about. The only thing y'all should be worrying about is how quick we could get Randall out of here. <laughs> that, 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 that's it. Yeah, hit the LA. yeah pretty much. <laughs> if he wants to leave at this point, shout out to Misha, man. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. Thank you 
you for having me. I love you guys. All right, absolutely. All right, thanks. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. All right, Lady Knicks fans, shout out to you, Lady Knicks man. Thank you for calling. We need more Lady Knicks fans on. Exactly. Y'all need to call, man. Y'all need to come through. Yeah, yeah. Switch up, switch up the flow a little bit. Switch up the flow a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna lie, Misha. I'm not even gonna lie, Knicks Nation. I was having high hopes for Randall. I definitely was having high hopes for Randall. I was hoping that he can build on the success of last season. And um, it would have been one thing. It would have been one thing, you know, if he just had a bad shooting season. It's the attitude and the other stuff was like a little bit yeah. for me. So like, and can can he re- rebound? Uh, possibly, well, but my my, my, well, my, my well, he, he's, he's he's a good rebounder. He he's a good rebounder. He's not bad for his size. He's a good rebounder. You know what? No, let me rephrase what I just said. Can he rebound from this bad season? Oh, um, okay, I got you now. <laughs> my bad. Should have been more clear. Can he rebound from this bad season? Uh, Maybe he needs a, a shot, like a therapist, a sports therapist, or something to clear his head. But I don't know, like for like I've been saying also, like my trust has been broken, man. My trust has kind of been broken. I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. Let's go with Obi. Let's go Obi at this point. <laughs> and then yeah, so get... um, yeah, I just want to um throw in something about Ryder White right quick. Um, yeah, man, because like I've said um in previous podcasts before um. With Knicks fans, all you have to do really is you show effort. Like that's the that's the bare minimum with Knicks fans. If you show effort, Knicks fans will pretty much forgive you for almost anything. You know, it's like the other it's like the other day you said last but that's why there was a Frank hive. You know, a lot of people were saying that that, you know, Frank is a bus and this and that and blah blah blah. But the reason why Frank had fans here was because at least when he was in the game he played with effort. He played defense. Right. You know, and if and I think even if Julius Randle had the bad attitude, I feel like if he actually got on the court and played with effort and showed that he was consi- at least a consistent defensively, even though he wasn't that great offensively this season compared to the previous season, I think Knicks fans would have forgave him a bit just yeah. for the simple fact that he was playing with effort. But but there were too many. There's been too many clips of Randle showing lackadaisical effort on defense not getting back on defense when he turns over the ball and things of that nature. And a lot of times I feel like when he did that on the court, it kind of spread throughout the team. And then the the team around him wasn't playing effort defensively and things of that nature. So I I feel like Randall kind of, you know, it's, it's the fact that he didn't play with effort, you know, lackadaisical effort then on top of that the bad attitude and then on top of that you know he wasn't as good as he was last season like all those things just clumped up together and then the fact that he wanted to go against the fans you know like it's it it was just too much for one season i don't know if randall can really bounce back from that but if the knicks do decide to keep him for next season randall has a whole lot of making up to do because this a whole lot because this last season Fans want fans want him traded for a quarter water and some and some chips. Honestly, I know I I'm willing to do it myself. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm I'm willing to do it myself. <laughs> and, and and you know what? And like I said, I talked about this yesterday. Ronnie wasn't here. He made he had a whole speech and he was talking about how he didn't request a trade. Um, I actually believe him because Randall's just so easy to read. <laughs> Randall's just so easy to read. I I truly believe he did not request a trade, I, I, but um, his actions feel like he doesn't want to play here. You know, 
That's what his actions are telling me. But I don't think he verbally requested it. Um, if I'm the front office, I'm still not ignoring all the actions, and I'm and I'm moving him personally. But um, which leads me to a, a question, Ryan. I've, I've I've you know there's certain people who ask you know what can we move Randall for? I've heard Malcolm Brogdon, um, and of course when we, to me wouldn't be straight up Malcolm Brogdon because Malcolm Brogdon it'll be Malcolm Brogdon in pieces if anything. Maybe Miles, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Miles Turner or something. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but would you? Move Randall for the snake, Kristaps Porzingis. Because I, I shout out the picks with Timmy. You asked me that um, in the comment section of the last post game. Well, I'll say this. Um, here's the thing. When KP was here with the Knicks, it was under a different regime. And I know that KP did love playing in New York, despite, you know, his um, rift with Phil Jackson and those guys that were here at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Knicks need a stretch five. Chris Epps would be that stretch five that the Knicks need. But the thing is, that would be... I would maybe consider it as a backup plan. That's not something I would pursue off the bat like that because my first priority would be re-sign Mitch. And if I re-sign Mitch, I'm not pursuing a KP Julius Randle trade. If Mitch is gone, I might reconsider and be like, okay, is that a trade? But then again, you know, it's like the fans, like can that be repaired, the relationship between KP and the fans? Like you have to think about that as well. But like I said, that's not a trade that I would be pursuing, like, off the bat. Like, yeah, I'm going to definitely do this. Like, that would be something where it's like, if everything else fails, and it's like a last resort type thing, I'm going to be like, okay, let me, I'll think about it then. But that's not one of the first moves I'm going to make, no. More hated, Chris Stops in his day, or, or hit Chris Stops after the trade, or Julius Randle now? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> 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 that's hard. <laughs> Who's more like, I, man, I, man, Ryan, I have my own personal policy. My own personal policy is I don't date toxic exes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Exes are exes for a reason. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me be a little bit more serious now. A little more serious. All right. <laughs> so here's the thing. Christos Porzingis, um, when he was here, I always felt like he had a lot of promise. But I don't know if you guys followed us, how long you guys followed us, but I was kind of um, nervous about getting him the max when he was with the Knicks. I don't know if you remember this, Ryan. Mm, yeah, I remember. But... um. I, I kind of decided maybe we should because we had no choice. But I was kind of nervous. And I was nervous because I still wasn't convinced that he was a real number one option. Because to me, number one options are guys who can command double teams. And guys who, you know, and he, he was getting stopped by uh, point guard Marcus Smart in the post. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no double team needed. 
So to like, and as of the day, he he's like a really good, he's a decent spot up shooter, at three point line. Like he shoots what thirty something percent from three. Kristaps Porzingis does. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so it's like okay, it's okay. Um, is it thirty? What does he make? Thirty six million. Yeah, that contract is big though. Thirty is big. Thirty six. Hold on, let me get the, let me get the exact numbers. Let me get the exact numbers. Kristaps Porzingis is making thirty one million this year, thirty three million next year, and then he has a a player option for thirty six million in twenty twenty three twenty twenty four. Um, I don't, I feel like that's a severe overpay for that guy. And he might have a better argument if he was able to be healthy, but he can't, he like, he, he, he's never been able to play, what, 50 plus, 50 plus games a season yet? Yeah. So I'm not, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't spend 36 million on a guy or 30, over 30 million on a guy who can't be healthy. That's just way too much for me. Uh, to be yeah. honest with you, and like what you just said, like that also, at least for me anyway, it also relates to Brogdon as well, because I know the Knicks need a point guard. I know, you know, people have said that they want Brogdon to come to the Knicks, but it's just the fact that Brogdon's been hurt. Like I don't know if I can trust Brogdon to play fifty games in a season, especially lately with his injury history. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't pursue a trade with um the Pacers with bringing Brogdon here as well. So, you know, I would rather bring in somebody who I can, you know, really depend on health-wise. And I know for a fact, like, this guy's going to play at least, like, 60 to 70 games at least in the season. Like, for me, for me to consider that, like, how many picks do you got? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's who you're going to have to give us some picks. How many yeah. picks do you have to consider that? To even consider that, <laughs> like you gotta empty the cupboard for me, because you're gonna get 2010 and five, and he's gonna give you an attitude type of problem. But you know, KP might give you an attitude problem too. So I mean, it, it doesn't seem like he's been well liked wherever he's been either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we giving you attitude for attitude, but you're getting somebody who gives you an attitude, but he's more durable. Yeah, and it's crazy because if you look at KP's stats, literally KP's best season was in a Knicks uniform. Since he got traded, he hasn't had a better season than he had with the Knicks that last season before, like, before he got traded. Right. And Julius Randle at least commands double teams. And Chris Tapps cannot give you that. He can he he so I mean, for me to even consider that, you gotta have the open you got to empty the cover for me. But I'm I'm looking elsewhere personally. I'm I'm looking elsewhere. And that's just me. That's just me. All right. Salute to the chat, though. Thanks for the question picks for Timmy. Give us some, something interesting to talk about. Um, I've seen a couple of people on Nick's Twitter said they would do it. For sure. Um, we're going to get to the Miz versus Mo Bamba conversation a little bit later, Drip. Um, but shout out to Picks with Timmy, Prezi the Boss, JT Reddick, Stanley Mann, Ronnie Sannon. Um, we surveyed 100 people. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. If you like the show so far, hit the like, subscribe button. Please comment after the show was over to help us push these algorithms up. And I read every comment, every single one. All right? Salute, 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 salute. All right? Cool. Next call up. Shout out to my guy, Big Reaper. I know you've been, been waiting for a while. Let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, what's up? Thank you guys for taking my call. 
Uh, right off the bat, the guy who's wondering what Obi can do, honestly, if he started this year, you know, Obi's, in my opinion, he's like 27, 27, 28 player. Um, and I think it all depends, right? If he, Is he going to be leaking out? If he's leaking out all the time, he might be like 26. But uh, if not, I think it could be like a 27, 28, uh, 28 kind of player. You're talking about 28 points uh, per game? He just yeah, twenty points per game. Interesting. I, I okay. think he can do. And I mean, it sounds optimistic, but it's just, I mean, he's just way too efficient. He scores way too easily. I mean, like you know, it's and he, he had a bad shooting game, and he still hit twenty. You know, so it's just he just he just he gets too many easy buckets. Uh, that's part of it, and then he also gets free throws. He gets to the line, and so I think he's going to easily be a twenty-eight player. Um, and in terms of Julius getting rid of him, honestly, in my opinion, I, I'm kind of in a camp of uh, addition by subtraction because we didn't draft Julius. Uh, we picked him up in the free agency, so it wasn't like we invested a lot of years training him up, mm. and then now we're going to lose him. So if somebody we picked up in free agency didn't work out, we should count our blessings that he actually uh, – he's a walk in 2010. And yeah, the I do think the contract is a little high, even for a 2010 player. But I think you know, I think he's definitely movable. Um, you know, it's it, that's just what I think with that. Uh, in terms of this game, you know, like I'm really, really like obviously IQ played a great game. I'm happy he's really it seems like he's definitely arrived now and he's playing yeah. more confidence. And I think it, a lot of it has to do with like. Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with them recognizing that Julius is no longer the guy. Because I felt like there was way too much, too much politics on the court with IQ um, earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you know, obviously uh, there's probably other stuff going on. He's just getting more comfortable. But I think it also helped that when they just kind of came to the realization that, like, Julius was not a number one option anymore – um, I think he started like, you know, I feel like he started, you know, making better decisions. Uh, but he played a great game today. Uh, the only beef I have with this game is is obviously still with the coach. It doesn't make any sense why, nope. why McBride is playing only eight minutes. You Crazy. Know? Uh, the minutes with McBride and Burke should be flipped. Absolutely. Um, so it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, and, you know, Fournier, it wasn't too bad. At least he played. I think he, he was 16 minutes was not too bad. Uh, but, you know, the coach, I, I don't know what they're going to do about him. And, um, you know, the thing that was interesting today, I saw Johnny Bryant talking quite a lot to IQ and a few of the other players. So that was interesting. Uh, me probably reading a little too much in it probably doesn't mean anything. But it was kind of interesting seeing that because, you know, they don't, you know, I just – I know they he talk, they do talk to the players, but it, it felt like, you know, I don't know, it felt like they were talking a lot today. I think what's happening with that is they have um, assistant coaches assigned to certain players. Oh, okay. So I think they have, like, Bryant kind of works more with the guards and the wings, and I think Kenny Payne was kind of working with more of the, the big men. So yeah. that might be why he was talking to them more than um, anything. Yeah. So, but overall, it was like it's a pretty decent game. In terms of, like, uh, stops, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you guys. The fact that, like, he hasn't even had a better season since he left the Knicks. I think, you know, we actually should have – we definitely needed to count our lucky blessings that we didn't sign him to a long-term max deal. Mm-hmm. 
I would have been like, we would have been stuck, you know. Yeah. We would have we we definitely been stuck. We've still been in it and right now. With, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing with Kristaps, too, is like, you know, is the is the rebounding. Like, the one thing with Mitch is like, because, like, he de- Mitch doesn't get a ton of defensive rebounds, but he definitely clears out and makes space and forgets a body a body on the man so like other people can group rebound. Yep. And so the thing the thing that saved us this year, I mean we've had a bad season, but the reason why the bottom hasn't really totally fallen off is like a lot is because of our rebounding, you know. Yeah. Um and if you if you go with like a Kristaps then if we lose Mitch and you have a Kristaps, that goes away. We're gonna have we're gonna go back to struggling to become a you know, struggle as a rebounding team. So good point. Um yeah. You know, that's, that's the only issue I have with that. If we lose Mitch Robinson, we just need to focus on, like, getting a, um, a big man that can actually protect solid at protecting the paint and um, and also uh, helping the team rebound him because that's very important in, in basketball, especially defense rebounding. Um, the other thing, too, was um, that kind of annoys me about uh, Tibbs is, like, I'm really. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a uh, my little one has something to say about the game. I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> I don't know where the number five is. Hey guys, that's it. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking my. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Thank All you right, for the call. Man. <laughs> happy happy early Father's Day to Big Reaper. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, all good points. So, I, I, the only thing that kind of worries me about moving Julius Randle, with I'm still, I'm, I'm still in in um, favor of, by the way, is the rebounding. Is the rebounding? Yeah, is the rebounding because he does help us with rebounding. And uh, if we lose Randle and Mitch, if we lose, if we move Randle, then we definitely have to keep Mitch. Like we can't even play with that. Yeah, exactly. Like like Big Reaper said, like Mitch may not grab a lot of defensive rebounds, but a lot of times he is blocking out, which allows like guys like RJ, IQ, Obi and other guys to grab the defensive rebounds. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Mitch is definitely valuable in that aspect. Exactly. Shoot, Burks had twelve rebounds uh a couple of games ago. So you can definitely see it. So shout out to, to Reaper. Thank you for calling. Uh Gunshots in the air for my guy JT Riddick. This is a four ninety nine super chat. Says yeah. Salute KOT. Salute J Ryan G. Shout out to IQ and OB who all had good games. Yeah. Shout out to you JT Riddick. Thank you for the, for the super chat. Super chats helps grow the channel. Uh, helps you know pay writers and help fix. Yep, and helps Ryan G get a new camera too. And, and helps Ryan G get a new. Ca- <laughs> We got we got a new camera for Ryan G. We got a new camera for Raw. We got cameras for Ryan G and Raw. We got microphones for Ryan G and Raw. We got lighting. It helps pay for the subscriptions. I don't buy Jordans or Hewings with these. All right, <laughs> with, with the super chats. I use the super chats to help grow the channel and, and help uh, keep things moving, and upgrading, and pay bills and stuff like that. So thank you guys for helping support the channel. Greatly appreciated. Um. I still want to investigate some other upgrades too, but I'm gonna look. I'm looking into those guys. All right, shout out to we say next call up. We got my guy Jason from the Lower East Side, who's up next. Jason, let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Uh, I just got what's up, fellas. I just got home. I actually haven't even seen the game. Okay, I got checked with it, and then I was like, you know, I, I have. I was like, let me call in the show because I want to ask these guys one question. All right, how do you Bamba look tonight? Oh, uh, we, we 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 briefly yeah, talked we, about it, and good good timing 
because um, we're actually about to get into that. Mo Bamba got his cookies taken by Mitch Robinson today. It was it was it was it was a massacre. It was a massacre. Yeah, was Remember what I said about the idea of Mo Bamba is a lot better than the actual player. Yeah, that's, that's how it looks today. Yeah, that's how it looks today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, if you get him to be a backup, okay. But this idea of like this amazing stretch five that shoots threes, and, if that was who he was, why would the Magic not want to not resign him? <laughs> no, yeah, I yo, I agree. And, and this is why I'll, I'll say, this is what I'm saying. I always say I want Mo Bamba if we lose Mitch. If you lose Mitch. And Obama went off when Sims was in the game, not when Mitch was in the game. Mitch obviously read the scouting report. <laughs> because <laughs> I never seen Mitch uh, spread out to the three-point line so officially before in my life. Because I remember early in the year, Miles Turner was lining him up from three. And today, Mitch was camped out at the three-point line. He was hardly trying to help. But even though he helped a lot anyway, because he had, what, four blocks on the night? <laughs> yeah. Six blocks tonight. Yeesh. <laughs> the rivals, right, from high school, like they they both in the same class. They're both like the two real tall freak athletes. So they've been rivals kind of ever since. So it makes sense that Mitchell would have been ready for this game. Yeah, he was absolutely ready. This is the bo- this yeah. might be the best I've ever seen Mitch guard the three point line from uh from a stretch big before the whole season, like <laughs> like literally the whole season. So he was ready yep. for him. But um, at the end of the game, where mom, well, I mean, Bamba got 13 points. I feel like once Mitch got to the bench, he went off. And Mitch's arms are so long that those closeouts are serious. He wasn't able to get shots off. Sims, he played pretty decent defense at the three-point line. He was able to shoot over Sims. It seemed like had 13 points, 11 rebounds. Um, yeah, so 13 points, 11 rebounds in a night. So I mean, statistically wise, eh. Not bad. 38% yeah. from the field. No. Eh. How was his impact, though? Was he, like, was he getting, like, was, the, was, the match, was he getting cooked no, whenever he was in? Nobody's in. He, like, nobody had an impact in this game on the Magic. Like, yeah, pretty yeah, much. It was, it was, it was all Knicks. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to ask that because I remember we, we had this. I was telling you guys this like, a couple weeks ago. I was like, stop with the Mobamba talk. You guys talk about Mobamba like he's, like, this amazing like, you guys talk about Mozamba, like, and I hate to bring his name up because he's hot, who shall remain nameless, but you guys talk about him like he's Porzingis. If <laughs> 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 you talk about Mozamba, you would swear he was Porzingis before the injury. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it made more sense, especially earlier last year. I mean, it still made more sense to me. Where where he's a, it was, if you're going to, to me, the way RJ drives to the basket, you need to stretch five here at some point because it's just, he gets collapsed on way too many times, and he to me, you know, he's, he's a cheap option. To yeah, but but I'll, but I'll say this though. Um, sorry to cut you off, man, but um, I'll say this though because today, today with the lineup, um, I think it was Mitch, Ob, Iq, Rj, and who, who else am I forgetting? You know the lineup I'm gonna talk about, right? It was Mitch, Ob, Rj, Iq. IQ. Uh, who's who's the fifth guy I'm missing? It's slipping my mind right now. Was it Sims or Mitch? Because I know I. No, it was Mitch. It was definitely Mitch Ob, RJ IQ. I'm trying to fi- figure out who was the fifth guy. I think it was Burks. Grimes. It, it could be Burks, I believe. But that lineup, where, um, I think because of IQ's play at the point guard position and and the way that they were moving the ball quickly around, because the Magic were playing a two three zone, 
And despite mm-hmm. the Magic playing a 2-3 two, two, zone, it opened up space for RJ to, RJ to still penetrate to the basket and finish layups at the basket. So to me, it's like, you know, yeah, we do need to stretch five to create space for RJ, but it feels like with the team we have, we're still able to create that space even without that stretch five. Yeah, I can... Yeah, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this and I'll hang up. Okay. I think stretch five is overrated. I think it's better to just play small with a, with a, with a four that's versatile. Because they're all stretch fives, unless they're, like, great players, they're usually terrible on defense. Guys like Kelly Olenek and, like, I don't know. There's a bunch of guys that are, like, like Miles Turner's not really a stretch five. He's only shooting, like, 32% from three. Like, the guys that are actually good three-point shooters, they usually are not good defensive players. So, that's all I got. All right. All right, cool. All right, shout out to you. Um... I mean, I'm still not down on Obama personally. <laughs> I'm still not down on him. I still feel I, I like Mitch over Obama, but I'm still not down on. Him. I still feel like there's a there is a uh, value in that. And also, if you're looking at our coach too, our coach likes guys who can block shots, which is why I also talk about him because we talked about playing um, Randall and Obi together. And we like we because of the coach's makeup, we know that's not going to happen. And uh, not at least on large amounts of minutes, which is why I was like, you know what? Maybe we should go with Mobamba because at least I know because he's a, a guy who can block shots and get you some rebounds. He might he might be more willing to do that. And yeah, Mobamba shooting thirty seven percent from three this season, uh, and and it gives you one point six blocks. I think he's like top ten, somewhere in the top ten in blocks in the season. And I'm not sure what Miles Turner is shooting from three this season. At one point, he was shooting forty percent, which is why uh, the, the Miles Turner talk was was hyped up for a while. Then he dropped. So I'm not sure what his percentages are right now. I can always look it up. Yeah, that's all. Just about to do too and see what the final percentages. But the thing for me with Miles Turner right now is um, cost and injury. Right now is Miles Turner. You know what I mean? Yeah, Miles Turner is shooting, let me see, e, 33% from three. 33% from three. So he's definitely tailored off after yeah. the hot start because December he was scorching. All right? All right. Yo, shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to my guy, Jason M. He says, uh, you're right, Tibbs will play more by my I'd rather just get rid of Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> Tibbs is Tibbs is an enigma wrapped in a in a, in a mystery, man. I have no idea what to do with Tibbs, man. Because I already know I already know what's gonna happen this off season, Ryan. They're gonna be mm-hmm. talking about. They're gonna be like, well, we know Tibbs doesn't develop players, and then he's gonna point to IQ. Yeah. Then he's gonna point to RJ, and then he's gonna point mm-hmm. to Mitch, and then he's yep. gonna go see. <laughs> he's gonna go see. I don't develop players. Like, that's what's going to happen. So, uh, Fritz, you want to get in here? Yeah, get in here, Fritz. Next call up, we got the mind of the hour, Fritz. Hey, what's up? What's up, JL? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to say a couple of observations in the game today. Like, um, without Julius Randle, it seemed like everybody was accountable on the, on the floor today. Yeah. So, um, you can't even say this is Tibbs, Tibbs, um, Tibbs coaching, but like when when a player would make mistakes, you see players correcting them. That's just something that you just can't have with um, 
with Randall on the floor because Randall, you just don't speak to him. So it, it didn't matter who, who. If RJ was making a mistake, RJ was getting pulled aside. Um, if if um, Obi was making a mistake, Obi was getting pulled, pulled aside. It's just strong culture. So I'm just I'm just thinking at this point, like you, you got to get rid of Randall. You got to get rid of Randall. Yeah. I, I, th- I think I think. I think the strong culture, this group really wants to stay together. This group really are feeding off each other. If, he's not, if he can't be part of the group, that he got to go. And that's one thing. That I think that's his one thing. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be part of the group. He wants to leave the group. Yeah. No, I agree you know what I mean? You. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you're talking about KP, KP earlier – Man, if Keepy had to come back, he would have to come in humble. Like, no no family, no perks. Yeah. Nothing. yeah. Your brother can't come in the garden. Be, it would be Your brother humbling. is not allowed. KP's brother is not allowed past security. All right? Not yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, 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 think, I, think, I think he could make it. I think he could make it back, but... You would need a very dominant inside player to play with him. Like you couldn't have someone who's just average alongside him. You need someone who's dominant inside because he is just not going to give you that part of the game. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely right about yeah, that. Yeah, but outside of that, that's yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. Um, hey, thumbs up. Um, yeah, just wanted to hear what you guys would say about that. All right, cool. Salute to you. Thank you, Fritz, for calling right. in. Yeah, um, all I have to say is, as far as accountability, yeah, I think accountability is, is is the biggest, has been the biggest issue this season. The biggest rift between Knicks fans and the coach has been accountability and the lack thereof for Julius Randle. And I was glad to see that it happened today. Like, no Julius Randle today. Um, we, got, we get a 29 assist game. Yeah, and twenty nine assists game with nine turnovers, like you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that and that seems like to be the trend. The turnovers are down, the assists are up, and that's the way you want to do it. Um, also, I'm on RJ Barrett, man. Uh, I went into I ripped into RJ Barrett a little bit yesterday for his bad defense because his defense has been on a decline lately. Yeah, and um. You know, he's he's had this thing where he wants to get 20 points a game. Now he's averaging 21 points a game. So congratulations to R.J. Barrett. You reached that milestone. But I do feel like we've been talking about IQ having tunnel vision. And R.J.'s been having tunnel vision for, like, a couple of weeks now. Like he, He's been not really passing the ball, um, trying to drive the ball on two or three people, ignoring kickouts. Not giving Mitch the ball as much. So, and um, I really, really noticed it really bad yesterday, which is why today I'm glad to see he had six assists. You know what I mean? So, shout out to RJ Barrett had six assists. But, RJ, you should have had seven assists, all right? You should have had, had seven. You definitely should have had seven assists. <laughs> you should have had seven assists. So, you know, Ryan G knows what I'm about to say. Yep. <laughs> there was a play with. IQ, IQ passed Obi the ball, and I think he got a dunk. And then right, before, right after that, he gives Obi the like between the legs pass, and Obi hits a three. 
And the crowd is chanting, OB, OB, OB. I think RJ steals the ball. Of course, you know, when there's a fast break, who was the man ahead of everybody like all the time? Obi Top. Obi. Obi. Every time. Whenever there's a fast break, Obi is always ahead of the field. RJ, with the crowd chanting Obi, decides to go for the layup and get the foul. I'm just like, Bruh. I'm like, I'm like, come on, RJ, man. The crowd chanting Obi's name. Obi's there for the leak out. Yo, throw, yo, throw that ball out for the lob. Throw, throw, throw the ball out to Obi for a lob for that seventh assist. <laughs> it would it would have been showtime because Obi had open lane and everything. That would have brought the house down. That would have brought the house down. But yeah, I, I digress, man. Um, RJ still had a good game: twenty-seven points, six assists, five rebounds. He did what he's supposed to do today. Shot forty-five percent from the field. I just really wanted that. I just really wanted that that that, that lob from RJ to Obi. Keep the eyes Back. open. Keep the eyes open, RJ. Don't get tunnel vision. All right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. All right, all right. So um, yo, that is our show. Yo, the only thing, hold up. You know what? You know what? You know what? Before I end the show, I wanna I wanna bring back a segment. All right. For, for those of you who never listened to the show before, there's a thing that we have ooh picks and bro picks. We used to have that way before when we just, when we had the weekly podcast. Um, I have a bro pick. Bruh. Okay. Yeah, I have a bro pick, and a bro bro pick for you guys who don't know are the worst plays of the week, or not even just the worst plays of the week. It could just be something stupid that happened, and we pointed it out. All right. Now, now, check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys see this. Hopefully, you guys can see this clearly. Let me head to my Twitters. So, um, the Utah Jazz had a game the other day, and Utah was, you know, Utah fans they were kind of pissed. They're kind of pissed that um. Donovan Mitchell, he missed an easy pass uh, to Gobert, who had his man sealed under the rim. They was pissed, right? And, you know, rightfully so, whatever, cool. But um, somebody pointed out something else weird that happened. And if you look, look at the videotape, don't even pay attention to, to uh, Gobert posting here. But Quinn Snyder... Is in the background. He drops his gum. He drops his gum on the floor, picks it up, and puts it back in his mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Watch that again. Oh. He's pointing. See, Quinn's not a pointing, pointing. Gum drops. Picks it up. Yell, yell. Puts it back in his mouth. Quinn, are you married, sir? Does your wife kiss you with that dirty mouth, sir? Bruh. <laughs> oh man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 yeah, yeah, that's that's my bro pick, dog. That's my bro pick. And you know the funny thing too, because I saw a stat on Twitter too, a crazy stat too. They said that Donovan Mitchell 
averages two passes to Rudy Gobert per game. Not assists. Two passes to Rudy Gobert per game. <laughs> two passes? <laughs> <laughs> two. Bruh. I know, man, man, I know there's been talk about, uh, you know, the, the rift between Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. That makes it seem like that's for real. For real. How do you pass? Like, you know, Gobert's a big where it's like, that's easy buckets right there. How do you pass? How do you average only two passes him per game? Only two? Only two. Two passes. They always looking like RJ and Randall that other game. I, I swear those, those guys are passing each other up a couple of games ago when, when Randall was playing. That's just me. But, man, yes. Yeah, Quinn Snyder, you definitely get it. So, see, Brian, Brian, Brian says five second rule low. Hell no, no five second rule. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah, there is no, there five, no se- five second rule. Nah. There's, there's no five second shot clock on Gov hitting the floor and put it back in your mouth. I'm sorry. That's just different. That's, oh, nah. That's different. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right, man. You know, that is our show. That is our show. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for supporting. Man, Ryan G. Ryan G, man. Looking really, really good. Ryan G looking good at HD. All right? Shout out to Ryan G. Good shout out to Ryan G's camera. <laughs> and lighting and all of that. Whew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So that is our show. You know, Ryan, we will be back on Wednesday. Like I said before, hit the like and subscribe button. Definitely comment right after the show is over. It's going to help us. The algorithm and I read everything. I read all the comments. Sometimes I'm not able to, to answer all of them because I'm running around, but I definitely read all of them. All right. But when I can, I'm gonna try to answer all of them, every single one. All right. So Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me. At Sergi's Corner, where I talk sports and mixed basketball. I'm coming back soon, so be on the lookout for that. And you can also find me on Twitter at RyanGKOT. All right, all right, all right. You know, you know where you can find your boy. You can, you can find, you can, we can find us on all social media at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram, and the Naked Time Show on Facebook. You can also, you know, find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to us there as well. And you can get your KOT merch at nickatimeshow.com. All right? So just go to nickatimeshow.com, click catalog at the top, and get your, your blue and orange snapbacks or black and white. And also other teas like the Maple Mamba tea. All right? Or the Who's Man's Is This tea. And other teas are available as well. All right? All right, T, then. That is our show. Thank you guys for watching, and as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in this YouTube and these streets. That's our show. Nets up next. We are out of here. Peace. Yeah.